0: See, uh, I was talking with Nancy this morning, and she said, man, it seems like you're always sick when you preach. And I said, yeah, that must mean the devil knows it's going to be good. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> um, over the past few weeks as a church, we've had the opportunity to raise some funds to send a missionary in our church all the way over to China. And if you know what's going on in China right now, it's a complete nationwide revival happening over there. It's absolutely excellent. And so I'm going to ask Wayne to come forward and the elders who are actually here with us Just come forward. We're going to lay hands on Wayne as he goes out, and I just want to praise you guys' generosity and believing in missions and believing that our mission here extends so much farther beyond just this church building, but to the ends of the world, and I think we believe that to the bottom of our heart. so Wayne is going to be training up uh, people over there in the the underground churches that are there. He's going to have the opportunity to train leaders and to set them out and to uh, really have more of an impact on the country, and so that's a very exciting thing, and so Wayne's asked us to pray for that, and he's also asked us to pray there are some things going on here back at home, and so we know that those can be a distraction even where we're going on, so we want to pray for God's provision and God's guidance uh, with Wayne, um, and so I just want to pray if, if you guys would just lay your hands on him, and if you'll pray with me, congregation. Father, we thank you for your uh, nationwide and international work that you're doing, God, that your Holy Spirit is moving so far beyond what we can even see with our physical eyes, God but that you guide us spiritually to the ends of the earth. And I thank you for Wayne and his obedience to you and the call in his life to be a missionary, God. And I thank you for the generosity of this congregation, Lord. I pray that the issues here back at home would sort themselves out, God, that you would provide provision, that you would provide guidance for him and his family. We know that you are a provider, God, so I pray against any sort of distraction that would keep him from being his best and training up leaders in China to literally change the face of this planet for your namesake. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So I had the opportunity to talk with my spiritual father this morning, Pastor Derek. He wanted me to send you guys his best. It's funny because it's awesome how much Pastor Derek believes in me. And sometimes I don't understand it because I know how much of a screw-up I am. And uh, he really does believe in me because I called him and he was like, what's wrong? I was like, what? What? He's like, is everything okay? Like, you never call me. I believe in you. Just do it. And I was like, I just want you to pray for me. And so <laughs> he took a second to pray for me, but that just showed me in my heart how much Pastor Derek absolutely believes in me, and I, I just want to take a second to honor him because he is such a good leader. He loves us so much as a congregation, as a body, and, and I can't, there are there a are few people that I've ever seen that have had the heart of Pastor Derek, and so I just wanted to take a moment to honor him. If this is your first time, I hope that you would... Uh, if, if I screw this up this week, I hope that you would come back to listen to Pastor Derek speak because he's a much better speaker than I am. And we got to understand something here as well. There's, there's something about a familiar voice that we always hear the same voice and we can't necessarily appreciate the greatness that comes with that. And I, I, I've, I've heard a lot of people preach and the first person I would ever ask or to hear preach is Pastor Derek because there are few people who can preach with such consistency and such a passion for the Word of God and for people. And so I just wanted to throw that out there because Pastor Derek's a great leader who believes in you guys, He believes in the city of Colorado Springs, and that we are the people who can change it for God's glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> so this morning, I get the opportunity to talk about deliverance, and I want to read out of Exodus to you the story of, of the Israelites coming out of Egypt, okay, and if, if you don't know the story, I'll just give you a general overview. The Israelites were enslaved in Egypt for 420 years, and basically how they came into slavery was they were living in Egypt at the time, and their numbers were growing, and a new king became king over Egypt, a new pharaoh, and he got a little bit afraid of, of what they were capable of, and so he started slave driving them and put them into slavery to help build the empire, Okay. And basically what we see is the story of Moses, if you know it, Moses goes through a whole lot. I don't have time to go through the whole story. Moses goes through a whole lot and God calls him to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt after a very long time. And what seems like an impossible task because there are so many Israelites, they've gotten so used to the culture, they are embedded in the Egyptian culture and God calls Moses, he calls Aaron as well, to deliver them out of Egypt. What seems like an impossible, daunting task, but God shows up. God shows up. God does, does incredible miracle after miracle to show his power, and eventually Pharaoh lets them go, okay? If this sounds familiar to you and you've never read the story in the Bible, you can thank DreamWorks, because that's the prince of Egypt speaking to your mind, okay? Great movie. Top ten. Right. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Exodus 6, 6 through 7, if you guys read this with me. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. See, this is a promise. This is God's promise of deliverance. And I believe this in my heart as I was praying this week that God wants to deliver us this morning. And I don't want to settle for anything less because I think that would be a waste of your time and I think it would be a waste of my time. Because when we expect God to show up in great ways, he does. You guys are so rude this morning. When we expect God to show up, he does. Amen. for, For those of you who don't know why these people are saying amen, the Bible actually says let the learned in the house say amen. So if something hits your heart... Give me an amen, because God wants to teach you something, God wants to speak something to your heart that will affect generations to come this morning. I feel like this is a message that will not only affect you, but it will affect your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren this morning. Our God is a God of generation. He doesn't look at your life and say, oh, it's only 20 years old. He says, this has an impact on the world to come, and he believes in what you can do. Thank you. Okay, awesome. Fantastic. See, this is a promise. This is God's promise that he's going to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt in what we know seems like such a daunting task. And we're talking about deliverance this morning, and there's something that we have to understand about deliverance, okay? The whole Four Cups series is based on a celebration that the Israelites did when they came out of Egypt, and they drank from four cups that symbolized four different things. Last week, Pastor Derek talked about sanctification, the fact that we are set apart, God's people are set apart, and we're set free, and today we're talking about deliverance, the fact that God has delivered us out of our bondage, he's delivered us out of the things that we're born into, our insecurities, our anxieties, our depressions, and he's set us free. This is God's promise that he's going to do that to the Israelites. But there's something we have to understand. In order to experience the freedom of God, we have to buy into the promises of God. Right. You got, was that fair? Did I give you guys a chance to get your pens out? <laughs> In order for us to experience the freedom of God, we have to hold on to the promises of God. Amen. And this is a promise that God gives. We're talking about deliverance today. I want to share the, the, the story Basically, when this happens, all this stuff happened. The Israelites, are, they're finally let go. Pharaoh says, you guys can go. And they're all traveling, a whole, whole bunch of them. And they're traveling and they come to the foot of the Red Sea. And I want to read because we're going we're to talk about this today. It's in Exodus 14. Check this out. Exodus 14, verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, their fearless leader, right? Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Sarcasm. What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. That the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. They're standing at the foot of the Red Sea. And they begin to shake in their boots a little bit. In order for us to experience... The deliverance of God, we need to understand the role that God's grace plays in our life. We don't deliver ourselves, but it's actually through the grace of God that we experience freedom and we experience deliverance. The first thing that we have to do to experience deliverance is we have to deal with the Egypt that is inside of us. Ephesians 2, 8-9 says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Philippians 2, 12-13 there, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. See, the whole story of Israel and Egypt is actually a symbolism for our lives as Christians. Born into slavery, born into sin, born into things... That, that, that we don't need in our lives. And we, we have to come to this place of understanding that God has made us a promise through his word that he says will come to pass. And we got to figure out how to get from the spot that we're in to the promise that God has given us. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. The first step is we have to deal with the Egypt inside of us because we all have an Egypt inside of us. We all have slave drivers. We all have strongholds inside of us that we've dealt with in the past, or maybe you're dealing with them right now. But here's the good news. The gospel is that the grace of God has already made it accomplishable for you. See, too, too too many of us are so focused on trying to accomplish our own freedom that we forget that God has already provided it for us. See, we don't have to work hard for God's grace. What God calls us to work hard for is to show his grace in our lives. God calls us to work hard to show his grace and his love in our life and to walk in the obedience of what his promise says. You see, I understand, when we understand and apply the grace of God, we're able to drink from the cup of deliverance and it gives us three things, okay? In your outline there, three things. The first is victory over sin. See, the Israelites were born into slavery, okay? Okay. The Israelites who actually experienced the deliverance of God were born into slavery. We've all been born into the slavery of sin, okay? Here's the thing. The Bible says that the Israelites have been enslaved for 420 years before they ever experienced freedom, okay? In 420 years, you kind of start getting used to stuff, right? As generations and generations, you build your lifestyle on things, And i got to say, in believing that God is going to deliver some people this morning, and believing in my heart that God is going to deliver people this morning, we have to understand something. Slavery became very comfortable for the Israelites. In fact, they sarcastically tell Moses, who's done all these incredible things in front of Pharaoh, in the face of fear and in the face of danger, they say, what, Moses, were there not enough graves in Egypt? Do any of your kids give you sarcasm out there? I mean, my kid is two and a half, and he's already given me sarcasm. You know what I'm saying. It's partly because he's a redhead, for sure. So, the, I mean, these guys are staring at Moses and saying, like, what's the deal, Moses? Like, were there not a, Can we not die back there? You had to bring us all the way out here to die. Because they, they didn't believe in what God could do. They didn't understand that they weren't the one who made a way. God is the one who makes a way for them. If you want victory over sin, you have to understand that you can't defeat it yourself. The only person that can defeat it is Jesus, but here's the awesome thing check, he did it. Check mark, he did it. We gotta have victory. See, the Egyptians were born into physical slavery. We are all born into spiritual slavery. And too often, we don't have the mindset to understand what spiritual slavery is keeping us from. Because if we truly understood what spiritual freedom looks like, we would learn how to shake off the shackles of spiritual slavery. Are you guys here? Sorry. Because I don't think this is exciting to me. This is literally exciting to me because what spiritual freedom does in your life is it says that I no longer have to worry about the circumstances around me. I don't have to worry about what person X, Y, or Z thinks or says about me. I actually don't even have to worry about really my finances or, or how successful the world would deem me at because I have spiritual freedom and spiritual freedom is a rock. It actually doesn't change. God wants you to have some spiritual freedom this morning, but it takes us to understand the grace of God. It takes us to understand that we're called to have victory over sin. See, we get in a comfort zone. The Israelites got in a comfort zone. They were comfortable with their slavery. That's why when they began to face a little bit of adversity in their freedom, they kind of like, oh, can can we just go back? Like, it wasn't that bad. It's just like, I know, look, Moses, I get it, okay, but really it wasn't that bad. Like, they were feeding us, hello, <laughs> there's no food out here, <laughs> okay, right? See, spiritually speaking, our comfort zone is a danger zone. If you are too comfortable in your faith, you're in a dangerous spot because God is always calling you to something greater. God is always calling you to something deeper. And if you come to a spot in your walk with God where you feel like you've hit a wall, my challenge, is you, my challenge to you is this. Because oftentimes when we face doubt, we actually go to the world who is the provider of doubt instead of going to God who is the one who gives us faith. We want to turn to science and math and all these things to explain to us what's going on in our relationship with Jesus instead of turning to God and asking and trusting in God to make a way for us And we get frustrated. We get comfortable. We settle with where we're at, not knowing that there's so much freedom right on the other side of that sea that we're standing in front of. The second thing is this, guys, that grace and deliverance give us is healing from our wounds. I talked about this a little bit. Oftentimes, when I want to do something, I have to to ask myself is it even accomplishable? Am I going to waste my time? Okay, I saw in the news this week, Nike was trying to break the, the two-hour marathon barrier. Did anyone see that? Nike, is they, they have trained some runners, and they're, they're trying to find the ideal situation and the, the perfect track, the perfect course, the perfect shoes, and they're trying to get these runners to figure out how to run a marathon in under two hours. It's incredible, okay? I can't even run a mile right now probably, okay? Is that too vulnerable? I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. Can you imagine? what What is a marathon? 23 and a half? Is that right? 20, oh, my gosh. 26.2. Is that what those bumper stickers are? Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. <laughs> 26.2 miles in under two hours. Can you imagine that? Here's the thing about Jesus. We don't have to wonder if healing from our wounds is accomplishable because He's already made a way for it to happen. Here's what I want to say to you this morning. I've dealt with bitterness in my life. I've dealt with anger that I feel like in the world's standards was very much justifiable for what had happened to me and my testimony and the things that I've walked through. Do you know bitterness is actually one of the easiest growing roots? Bitterness will grow so easy and so deep into your heart if you let it. But here's the reality of the situation. We have a gardener <laughs> who's able to pluck that out of our hearts. We have a gardener who says, I don't care how deep that root is. I don't care how hard that hurt is. I don't, look, I, I know what happened to you. And I know it's legitimate. And I know you're facing pain right now. And I know in your life that you might be crying at night and putting a smile on in the morning because you don't want to face what you need to face. Don't let roots of bitterness grow in your life because the grace of God has given us the ability to get that out of our hearts, to set us free and deliver us from what people could do to us in this world. Ephesians four twenty six through 27. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for angry anger gives a foothold to the devil. We need the deliverance of God to heal our wounds. The third thing that we need the deliverance of God for is authority over the enemy. We need the grace of God. We need deliverance for authority over the enemy. You know, I feel like the devil's biggest success is when people begin to believe that he's not real. The devil is most successful, our enemy, your, your past, your bitterness, sin in your life is most successful when you completely ignore it. When it becomes a cartoon in your head. Check out Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's in the Bible. See, the devil is very real. If you believe in Jesus... If you believe in what the word of God says, you have to understand that we have a very real enemy out there. But the great thing about God is that any warning that he gives us, he actually gives us a victory over it. Any warning that God would give you in your life about something that you got to watch out for, God provides a way out of it already for you. We have authority over the enemy. When we accept God's deliverance, we gain authority over the enemy. See, too many of us want our enemies to be taken care of before we come to God. Too many of us think that we got to get our life straight, that we have to deal with the Egyptians before God can open the Red Sea for us. Let me say this. The Red Sea is very clear, I I believe, symbolically. The Red Sea, when God opened the Red Sea for the Israelites to have a way out of Egypt, he gave them a hope and he gave them a future when it seemed like there was no way. I've only seen the ocean a couple times in my life. And it's really awesome, okay? Because it's so vast. You can't, you can't see the end of it. And you got to imagine these Israelites, God has delivered them out of Egypt. They're, they're feeling good about themselves. A little bit scared. They probably, they've never really been in the land that they're walking in, right? They're kind of walking with a little bit of swagger. What's up, Moses? What's up? I'm a youth pastor, sorry. <laughs> okay. And they get to the foot of the Red Sea, and as we read earlier, they start to question. They don't understand. Why are we here? Where, is, where are we supposed to go? Didn't we come from that way, Moses? And then when they, when they turn around, they actually see the Egyptians coming after them. The Bible says before that passage that we read that God actually hardened Pharaoh's heart. He changed his mind, and he pursues them. Okay? Is ring, this ringing any bells from Prince of Egypt, right? Yeah, okay. Good. If you've never watched Prince of Egypt, just go home and watch it. God will speak to you. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. They start to get scared. But here is the great thing about God. The same God that will open the Red Sea into your future, into your hope, is the same God that will close it on your past. The same God that opens the Red Sea into your future is the same one that will close it and destroy your very past that you've struggled with. Where you don't understand, when you're looking back and it's so tempting to go back because it's the easy way, God is the one who will make a way for that not to be an option anymore because your eyes are so set on what God is going to do through you that you have no distraction about what your old life was like. You see, and by actually walking into your future, you destroy the empire that you once helped build. See, the Israelites were the very people who the Egyptians put to work, to build their empire of slavery, of of anger, of sin. And that empire that you once helped build, the strongholds in your life, the things that you don't know if you can be delivered from or not, by trusting in God and walking out on the dry ground and the sea and raising your hand over the sea and parting the waters by understanding what God's promises say in your life, you actually destroy the strongholds that are in your heart from your past. Look at your neighbor and say, God closes the Red Sea. No, no. look at your neighbor and say, God closes the Red Sea. Here's, here's, here's item B. We talked about uh, dealing with our Egypts. Now let's talk a little bit about the cup of deliverance. See, the cup of deliverance is more than a principle to live by. It's the very life of God's spirit being poured out for us to drink from. Romans 8, 1 through 2 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death you keep reading in Romans, check this out. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those, are who, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control you, control your minds, leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. See, we, we have to be in the mindset that we have to continuously drink from the cup of deliverance. You see, I think I think that there are people in this room that are in multiple places this morning. Some of us have not had the boldness to actually come out of Egypt, to come out of our sin and to accept the promise that God has for us of spiritual freedom. But I also believe that there are some of us who are standing at the foot of the Red Sea, haven't already been set free from God at one point in our life, and we've hit a wall. We've come to a place where our faith is kind of shaken a little bit and we don't understand how we're going to get to the other side of the sea, to the promised land that God has given us, that's flowing with milk and honey. The Bible says that we actually go from glory to glory, if you believe it or not. That means what you're experiencing now and the spiritual high that you might have now and and you're, you're so, so in love with God, that's not all that God has for you because there's actually another step for you to take. But some of us are standing at the foot of that sea right now in our relationship with God. And we've gotten comfortable and we're actually maybe even thinking about going back to the Egyptians because we're a little bit worried that we might be wasting our life away. Let me tell you how to spiritually revitalize yourself this morning and be delivered from your spiritual apathy. You got to stretch your hand over that sea and you got to watch God part it for you. And look, I know it's scary. Can you imagine walking through the middle of a sea thinking that at any time it's going to fall? I mean, seriously, picture that in your mind. You're walking through the sea. You, like, look to your right, and there's, like, a big white whale. And you're like, what is going on? But God made a promise. That's the difference. And God has promised you a life filled with peace, a life filled with joy, a life filled with identity, a life filled with the promises of God. If you would just have the faith to stretch your hand over that sea. We have to continuously drink from the cup of deliverance. It wasn't enough for the Israelites to just do it once because Pharaoh and their sin and their past came after them. Moses chose to listen to God and stick his hand out over the sea. Amen. I want to close with this this morning and then we're going to go into a time of prayer. The last thing that we need to realize is that relationships are key. Talking about deliverance, how do we stay in a place of deliverance that God has for us? relationships are the key. And let me say this. Some of you guys might be wondering, didn't didn't the Israelites have to wander in the desert for 40 years right when they got on the other side of the Red Sea? Very valid point. Let me explain this to you. They got to the desert. Moses sent out 12 spies to actually go see the land that they were going to take that God had promised them. Ten of these spies returned and said, there are giants in the land. There is no way Moses, there is no possible way that we're going to be able to take this. It not a, it's not a good move. Two of them came back and said, Moses, you got to see the size of these fruits. There's milk. There's honey. Oh, my gosh. Like, we got to go now. You see, they didn't know how to encourage each other. They didn't know how to rest in the faith of God. If you want deliverance in your life, you got to actually do the work. You see what I'm saying? You have to care so much about your relationship with God. You know, Christianity might be the hardest thing I've ever done besides raising a red-headed child, okay? But the reality is this. If you want to experience the deliverance of God, you need authentic relationship with him. Because if Moses hadn't had an authentic relationship with God, he would have never been crazy enough to just stretch his staff out over the sea if he had not heard God's voice. We have to be able to hear God's voice and what he's calling us to do in order to walk in the confidence that faith gives us, that deliverance gives us, that grace gives us, and it requires devotion with God. I want to read this scripture to you. 1 John 2, 1, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know what hole you feel like you're in today. I don't know what valley you feel like you're in today. I don't know what dry spell you feel like you're in today. But I do know this. God cares about your situation. He knows what you're walking through. He knows your pains. He knows your insecurities. And he also has provided you with the way out. I get hurts. And I get, I get struggles and I get battles in life. But the great thing is that we have no excuse to come before the God who has provided us with grace and to welcome in, into our hearts. Because there is no greater way. There is no sin that God can't forgive. You're not too far away from God to experience his love this morning. The second thing is that we need relationship with others. Proverbs 28.13 says this, He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This is what church is all about. This is what relationship with other believers is all about. We confess our sins to others closest around us. We're, we need to be vulnerable with those around us. Not so that they can justify it, but so that we can be healed. So that we can know that other people might be going through the same thing you are and that God has not put you on this earth alone to walk it by yourself, but he's given you people who love you and care about you. Here at Gateway Church, we believe in taking your next step. We believe in the importance of always moving towards God. We believe that there's always a next step for you to take. Maybe for you today that might be baptism. If you've never been baptized, I would I would challenge you. We have a class on the second Sunday of every month. Maybe it's just devotion for you. Maybe you need a devo- you need someone to help you set up a devotional life. Could be Church membership, we have a, a, a starting point class every month, learning groups, small groups, and then just a few close friends. You need people in your life who are going to support you and support your walk with God. See, Moses, there, there's a point where God tells Moses to, to keep his arms up and to do whatever it takes. And there were two people, two of, two of his closest friends in life when Moses was faltering and his shoulders got tired and he got weary physically, that actually came up behind him and held his arms up for him. You need to get some people in your life who are willing to hold your arms up this morning. Some people who care enough about you to understand what God has called you to and to support you in it. I'm gonna ask some people, um, some of the elders and other leaders to come up for a time of prayer. I believe that God wants to deliver some people this morning. We're going to sing that song, that last song, It Is Well. What a beautiful song. That it is well with my soul, no matter what's going on in our life, no matter what sea you've come before and you can't see the other side of it, that God is the God who parts the sea. And God is also the God who closes it behind you and takes care of the things that you feel like you don't have the strength to take care of. Can I have those people come forward for uh, the leader? If you want prayer this morning, there are going to be some people up here. The band is just going to play some music. We're just going to worship God. But sometimes we need people in our life who are willing to pray for us to reach out. And I got to say this. I care about you. God cares about what's going on in your life. The hurts, the pains, the struggles. And maybe it's not the most Maybe it's not the most insane thing in the world, but maybe you're struggling with complacency this morning. And I feel like God wants to deliver some people this morning where you can't see the end, but God wants to do that for you. Would everyone just stand with me this morning as we close in worship? And like I said, if you want some prayer, just come forward. We're just going to sing this song for a little bit before we dismiss. God, we thank you for who you are. You are our deliverer, God. You are the one who sets us free, who's called us, God, outside of our depression, our anxiety, our insecurities, God, our lack of identity, God, our stresses, and you've brought us into a place of relationship with you that we might be made whole. God, you are good. Lord, you are good. You do. You part our Red Seas, God. You take care of us, God. I pray that as we go today, Father, that we would put you first, God, relationship with you, that we would build relationships and be vulnerable with the people around us, God. Taking advantage, God, of the life groups, of the learning groups, of what the church is actually meant for, to build relationship and to put you first. And God, I just pray that you would continue to deliver us even this week as we go, God. That the hurts and the scars and the pains and the tears, God, would be made whole by what Jesus did on the cross for us and the promise of his grace. God, we thank you for who you are, and we celebrate that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I just want to thank you guys for coming this Sunday. If this is your first time, we truly are glad that you made it. We have a guest welcome that we offer right after the service back through those doors we just want to get to know you a little bit. Say hi. Uh, that's a great opportunity if you guys have questions about who we are, what we do here at Gateway Church. Uh, there will be some people back there to answer those questions. And we also just have a small gift for you as well that we want to give you on the way out as a thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for coming this week. And we'll see you next Sunday as we continue on with our Four Cup series. Thank you.